Good morning, church. If you would open your copy of God's Word to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, as we continue in our series, Hope in the Dark, Peter is taking us on a journey, whether we have just come out of a dark place, whether we are there right now, and if neither of those are true, here's the, the reality for all of us, especially for those of us that are followers of Jesus. We are about to head into a season of trial, of valley, of darkness. And none of us can avoid it. Do you believe that? We can't avoid it. We can't control our lives. We can't protect ourselves, our family, our loved ones. God, the sovereign one, in control of all circumstances, all things, is calling us to hope in the dark. Do you believe that? That it's not hope for the dark to be gone, hope for the hard stuff to be over, hope and wait and just white knuckle it, right? And dig in your heels and hope so, faith, until it's over. That's not what Peter's talking about as we look at 1 Peter. It's not what he's talking about at all. Everybody say that's not what he's talking about. Peter's writing to a church that is highly persecuted. They are running for their lives. They don't know if they're going to make it to the next Sunday. And the Apostle Peter, the great apostle, the, the one of the, the few chosen by God to be able to kick this thing off called the church, the hope of the world. And Peter has gone through great trials himself. And now he's able to because he's weathered the storms, because he is a seasoned leader, he's now able to write to a church that is in big trouble and he's giving a message of hope. Not when it's over, but while it's still going on in the thick of it, that there can be peace, that there can be joy, that you can stay put right where you're at and wholeheartedly follow Jesus no matter what comes and no matter how long this thing is going to go on for. Do you believe that there's hope even if there's no hope in sight of the trial lifting of the, the weight being removed, you believe that you can go through it and endure whatever it is for you. I don't know what your darkness is, but for all of us, we feel the weight of it. We feel the sense of hopelessness. So today, let's continue to journey with Peter and find out how in the world do we make it through when we feel like giving Verse 3, 4, and 5 of chapter 1, 1 Peter 1. It says here, right out of the gate, this is where Peter starts. Blessed be the God. Blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I must bless God. When, it, when it's easy, I bless God. When it's hard, I bless God. No matter what comes my way, Peter's like, this is it right here. If you're taking notes, and we're asking the question, why is it right to bless my Heavenly Father? Why? Why is it good? Why is it right? I must bless him because he's a father of endless mercy. He's a father of endless mercy. Do you believe that? Well, here we go. We're going to find out why do we bless God and what does it even mean to bless his holy name? Well, he kicks off with this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to, this is why we bless him, because of his great mercy. Every time we see God's goodness in our life, we acknowledge this is from the waterfall of God's mercy that anything good is coming my way. I acknowledge that He's worthy of 
me blessing his name because of his endless mercy. Peter begins with, with mercy, and I wonder, I wonder if it's hard for us to think about God being merciful because all of us, can, can we just acknowledge it? All of us have a bent towards feeling like, well, there's some good stuff in my life that I worked really hard for, okay? And I deserve it. And I'm entitled to. And I think we, we always have a sense as we get older, we go, those young people, young people these days, so entitled, so entitled. Guess what? Every generation since the fall has been entitled, right? It's not a recent phenomenon. It's not an American thing. It's a sense of if I work really hard, I deserve, and I'm a little bit better than other people, and I'm, I'm just fine, thank you very much. I'll just, I'm working out this thing on my own. I got it. I, I got it. And we love to be able to, to post and be able to tell each other, right? Hashtag, you got this. You got this. Yeah, that's right, I do. Guess what? When you got this, you don't need mercy because you don't think that you're that bad and you don't think you need that much help. Do you know what Peter knew? Do you know what we need to be reminded of? We ain't got this, yo. Hashtag ain't got this. We are in a place of darkness, a place of trial for God's purposes to reveal have what it have enough within you have answers in your head you don't have power and energy to get through that's the whole point you're a created fragile being and you need mercy each of us desperate for mercy only when we realize who we really are and who god really is we come to a place just like peter his endless mercy leads me to bless His holy name. I wonder if every single one of us, if we would just start our mornings this way, this would change your life, right? You ready? You ready for this? It's free. It's free. Free of charge. Every single morning to just get on your face and say, God, bless your name. You are worthy of all of my mind's attention today, all of my heart's affection, my will's submission to You. I am, I am desperate need of mercy today i don't have what it takes and you have more than enough and i know what i deserve i deserve rejection i deserve punishment and instead today god pour out mercy on me again and again and send people my way to remind me that i need mercy and send help and hope my way because i'm so desperately in need of mercy bless his name, bless his name. And instead, instead of scrolling endlessly or watching commercials that saturate your mind with, I was just thinking of, here, here's one commercial. If we're not going to get on our face before the Lord, we are going to be saturated with a very different message. And, and here's, here's one of them. Girl, you are so worth it. You deserve this lotion. Your beauty needs can be met in this moment. You are entitled because our patented triple emollient Nutriderm subcuticanical essential oil infused MU butter hand cream gives you that healthy glow that you deserve today, right? And every other message, right? And every man in the house, amen. 
And we're saturated with messages that tell us we deserve it and we have worked hard and that we should get. And the message of God's Word again and again is we, we fall short again and again. We fail again. We stray over and over. We fight and rebel and resist. We are stubborn, stiff-necked people by nature and we deserve wrath. Instead, we get under the mercy waterfall every morning and say, mercy me. Mercy. That would be a great band, wouldn't it? I mean, maybe our worship team. Oh, it's already taken. Sorry. Mercy. Mercy me today. Mercy me today. I need it. I'm desperate for it because I know who I am, God. I know who you are. And I've right-sized my life. Mercy. Mercy. Bless your name. Bless your name. What else? I, I must bless my God because my heavenly Father deserves me to bless his name because of this. He has caused me to be born again. He has caused me to be born again. Caused. Caused. He made it happen. How do I know that? Here's how Peter continues. According to his great mercy, what has he done? This merciful God that's worthy of me, blessing his name with every breath that I have, has caused us to be born again. Do you see it? Verse 3. He has caused us to be born again. Mercy poured out from heaven leads to a miracle. And the miracle is a new birth. I was dead and I became alive. I was born naturally in Adam. And now, because of what Jesus has done, I can be born again in Christ. Brand new. The old, gone. New, come. He has caused that to happen. I love the emphasis here of a new birth. How much did you contribute to your birth? How hard did you have to work to make that happen? Your conception? How creative were you at the point of conception? When you were finally delivered, how, how much effort did it take you? I mean, did, did you get like a, a plaque? Did you get a little certificate of way to go? You made you. Good job with your little footprints. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. I had zero to do with the causing of my birth. Jesus reminds us again and again, apart from me, can't do anything. There is no hope, but with him, supernatural, miraculous. I love the reality, and I'm not going to get sick of saying it over and over again, being reminded myself, preaching to myself, telling others, reminding others, and I hope you make this your mission, that any Christian discouraged at any time that you're able to look them in the eye and say, you're a miracle. Do you realize what has happened to you? That if you're in God's kingdom, it's miraculous. You don't think that you've seen God work? You don't think that God is powerful? He raised you from the dead. He caused you to be born again. You did squat. You did the sin part. He did the forgiving part. And He caused a brand new birth. The most amazing picture that we have, if you want to jot this down, is John 3. John, that's an awesome gospel, by the way. You should, you should read it. Okay. So, the gospel of John in chapter 3, there's this dude named Nicodemus. Okay. Nicodemus is like uppity up, high of the high of Bible teachers, Bible thumping. He's got the Old Testament memorized. He is sought out regionally by all to sit at his feet in all of his wisdom. And all he has to do is probably hear a little bit of this guy named Jesus walking around and teaching and hearing some of the things that teaches and he's one that speaks with authority. And he 
He's so afraid for his life and he's, his, maybe his pride so much so that he has to go under the cover of darkness to try to meet with this Jesus. And as he does, Jesus blows his because he's asking questions, I'm sure, of the law and like, how, how do we live this and how do we do this? And you can read it for yourself in John 3. Nicodemus must be What? What? You know how old I am, Jesus? And Martha's like, crawl back up in there and shoot back out. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Exactly, because it's the Spirit of God that causes this brand new life. There's nothing that you can do. A new birth is a miracle of God. This is really hard to believe. Because we want to say, tell me what to do and give me the list and I'll just start checking it off and feel pretty good, pretty good about myself. Hey, check me out, check me out. Okay, okay. Look what I've done. I'm better than others and I don't do that stuff that those people do. And the only reason you have a desire to want to do what is right is because a miracle happened. You've been given a new heart and new desires and new affections for things that last forever. But it's really hard to believe. It's really hard to believe that he would cause us to be born again. I jotted these few passages down. I love this. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If you don't have a keychain or something hanging on your wall with 2 Corinthians 5.17, you better get on Etsy, yo. Listen, listen to this. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Uh-oh, here we go. Behold... I was waiting for a check it out. I, I, I know that. Oh, all right, here, let's try it again. Here, here's your part. Some of you are like, I have no idea what's happening right now. It's okay. Okay, you'll learn. The old has passed away. Behold, come on, check this out. The new has come. All this is from God. It's from what? It's from, it's from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And he tells us that God has made him who knew no sin. Everybody say Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Why? So that in him we might become righteousness of God. Verse 21, 2 Corinthians 5. And I love this. Ezekiel promises this. Even in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, this is what's coming soon. Ezekiel says, states God's promise. Okay, God, what are you going to promise? What are you, you going to offer here? What do we need? God says, I will give you a new heart. Do you have it? I will give you a new spirit. A new spirit I'll put within you. Do you have the spirit of God within you? I will remove the, the heart of stone. Hard. Stubborn. I'm going to remove it and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. And I'm going to put my spirit within you. Everybody say, that's awesome. My spirit in you. I'm going, here it is again, I'm going to cause you, I'm going to make you do what you don't want to do because you know the bad, but you need something supernatural. It cause you to walk in my statutes, my laws, do my rules, obey me, careful to obey every rule, my rules. Ezekiel the prophet was already looking forward to, there's going to be a day 
where you're not just going to try harder and do more, but you are going to be changed. You're going to go from old to new. You are going to get a brand new heart. You're going to have a brand new purpose. You are not just going to be visited by God. God's presence isn't just going to show up temporarily. I love it. The third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, He, not a force, not an it, He, the person of God, is going to move in, take up residence, never leave, and His work is to conform you and shape you and mold you to become just like Jesus. That's what happens when you're born again. And at the point of salvation, you have all of the Spirit. The question is, does the Spirit have all of you? Full control, full yieldedness. That's God's heart, right? And here it is. Why else do we bless the Lord? We bless the Lord because His mercy, it's endless because He's caused us to be born again. Why else? Every morning should you wake up, get on your face and say, bless the Lord, bless His holy name. Why should I do that? Here we go. I'm glad you asked. I must bless my God because He's gifted me with a a living hope. A living hope. Not just generic hope, not cheap hope, not momentary hope. Living, alive, eternal through the resurrection of Jesus. When a man rises from the dead claiming to be God and proves that he is, we should probably listen up to what he has to say about what he's offering. And he's offering hope. A living hope. A hope that is alive. A a hope that can endure any circumstance, any situation. How do we know that? Here's what 1 Peter tells us. According to His great mercy. Do you see it there? Verse 3. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So this new birth is for a purpose of coming alive to Him. Alive to a hope. A hope that is guaranteed because Jesus rose from the dead. Power over death, over Satan, over sin. And now He's saying, this is yours. This power is yours. Everything we do is motivated by some kind of hope down the line. Do you believe that? As you look throughout your life, you're like, I worked really hard because I was hopeful that Someday I would get this. It was, have you ever said this? It was worth the sacrifice. It was so worth it. You're like, you went through what? I gave this up and I gave this up and I made time for this and I, I bent over backwards to make sure and my schedule and I, I, I even chose to lose sleep over this or to spend an absurd amount of money. Why? Because I was so hopeful that someday that would be mine. And God's offering something so much better so much more hope than i hope when i get it i'll be happy i hope it fulfills me because what time is it i mean maybe we could spend the next six eight hours together passing the mic and every one of us could testify and i believe this i believe this full confidence that each one of us has story after story after story of i was so I thought it was gonna thought I was finally gonna be happy when I got to that place, when I achieved that thing. When I bought that, man, I thought when we moved it was gonna be different. I thought when I finally graduated, it was I was so hopeful that once I got through this hard season on the other side, it, it was gonna be so good. 
and it wasn't, and it wasn't, and it wasn't, and it wasn't. How many stories can I share? I was so hopeful, and my hope failed me because my hope was placed horizontally in people and in stuff and in status and in pleasure that was fleeting. This type of hope is just so awesome. This type of hope is, is so much better that it's worth forsaking all other imitations, counterfeits, that I'm going after this living hope that is being offered to me. God's offering me something that cannot fail. It cannot fail. It cannot fail. Turn to your neighbor. Let him know. Cannot fail. This hope will not disappoint. It will not fail me. Every single time I place my hope in the living hope, the one true God, my rescuer, my king, Jesus, he never, ever lets me down. He never disappoints. What he offers, he's not a over-offer, under-deliver. Everything else is. The deception of this world is supposed to continue to be so evident to Christians of, I'm so sick and tired of this dead half off of hope when I got the real thing. I got the real thing. Living hope is so different than our little failed hopes. And you know what this is worthy of? Recognizing free to me. It's offered to me. I have all of it. I have full access to this hope every single moment of every single day. And that makes me wake up every morning and say, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. God, You are rescuing me from being deceived once again and placing my hope in places I should never, ever even consider placing my hope. I can now place my hope in You alone, in You alone, in You alone. Are you there yet? Have you been walking with Jesus long enough? Maybe you're, maybe you're new to this deal. But for some of us, at what point are we going to say, it's always going to disappoint unless my hope that's alive is placed in its proper vertical location? Jesus. Jesus alone. Jesus. And here we go. Why else should I bless the Lord? I need to bless my God. And we should do it because we are born again to an astonishing inheritance. We're not talking about, well, that's cool. I got an inheritance. Oh, oh, you know what? So-and-so died. My great uncle, you know what he left me? He left me a, a junk car and 2,000 bucks. Awesome inheritance. My dad passed away and I got the farm. I don't want it. I'm going to sell it. That is awesome. I got an inheritance. You know how much? We, we, we got some, some notes that we need to cash in. I got some junk in the garage that was left over and there's an investment in some kind of housing and we're going to check it out to see and we're going to split it up between everybody inheritance that is lame 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 disappointing every time and here we go again not just a hope that never disappoints but an inheritance that is mind boggling that causes us to question and i hope it does this should cause us to question what did i do to get this kind of inheritance what does verse 4 say are you there first peter 1 verse 4 all of these things this mercy being born again how awesome our God is, worthy of blessing. And it leads to this, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, and it's kept in heaven for you. And maybe some of us are like, well, I want it now! I want it now, 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 now! Well, guess what? Anything that you're given here and now, it's prone to be abused and to be trashed and to be uh, ungratefully received. And I love the fact that God's like, coming soon, 
being held onto perfectly. The guarantee is there that you're going to receive it. And he uses three words. Do you see the three words there if you want to jot these down? Like, what kind of inheritance are we talking? Uh, it's astonishing. Okay. Well, he describes it as what? Imperishable. It can't die. It's a living inheritance, just like our hope is living. It's not going to spoil, rot, or rust. It's undefiled. I love that. Undefiled means nothing of our inheritance is touched by sin. It's not going to fall short. It is too good to be true. We might give our, our kids maybe a fat bank account and a nice house when we go. And guess what? It's all going to rust. It's all going to fall apart. It's probably going to be spent poorly. And God's like, perfect inheritance. It's in heaven. It's waiting. It's going to be there upon entry. And it's going to blow your mind better than anything you could imagine. It's unfading. Meaning it's, it's not going to diminish on its returns. Uh, the enjoyment. Think about the enjoyment of anything that we receive. You've been really excited. Maybe Christmas comes to mind of like, I can't wait in the anticipation and I finally get it. And you're excited for how long? I mean, whether you're four or this past Christmas, you might have been pretty pumped about, about something that you, that you got, right? And the reality is diminishing quickly is the level of fulfillment and satisfaction anything that you've had. Just think. You have an inheritance that is eternal. Never in your entire life experience having something that makes you happy and more excited every moment, every day, every year, every decade, every century, every millennia, forever and ever and ever what you receive the moment that you entered into heaven you are going to be more blown away. You are going to experience more satisfaction every single moment for all eternity. It's a little hard to believe. Turn your name and say that's hard to believe. But only a God that is only a God that is merciful, only a good father, good father in heaven can offer something that is unimaginable in the here and now. And it's guaranteed. If you're a follower of Jesus, yours it's yours today and in the waiting and in the anticipation peter is saying when you're going through the horror of life when you are destroyed by people's words and you are thrown off course by horrible news and you're going through trials of physical pain and mental anguish and relational strife remember this this changes everything you're not waiting for your circumstances to change. God's waiting for you to fully embrace your reality, the Father of Jesus, that no matter what you go through, no matter what you go through, no matter what you go through, there is something just around the corner that is better and better and better for all eternity that changes our mind. It transforms our hearts. It totally, radically moves our decision-making from horizontal, horizontal, horizontal to vertical. All the days of our life, we can believe this and bless the Lord and bless the Lord. I love that we get to finish off with this last one. Everybody say, land the plane. Here it, here it is. I must bless my God. My heavenly Father deserves all of my blessing, my words and my praise and my 
heart and my mind because he's protecting my faith with his perfecting power. He's protecting my faith with his perfecting power. Do you see it in verse 5? Not even making the stuff up. Turn your name and say he's not even making it up. Yeah, I'm not even making the stuff up. It's just right there, right there. Who by God's power, by God's power, not yours, not, not your willpower, not your willpower, by God's power, you're being guarded, protected through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. I mean, this inheritance is kept for us in heaven on that final day, it's all going to be revealed. Cannot be changed. We're not there yet, but in part, we get a little taste, a little glimpse that God's power is guarding and protecting us until we finally arrive. So I think one thing we need to emphasize here is, as he's talking about our salvation, could we, could we just make this clear? Every single saint who comes with authentic faith will be saved we believe that church every single person that with an authentic faith jesus i believe i believe in you will be rescued will be forgiven and will be part of this inheritance and god will not leave them he will protect them to the very end john 6 if you want to jot this down john 6 is so awesome 37 through 40 all that the father gives me will come to me all that the father gives me jesus says will come to me whoever comes to me I will never cast them out. If they come, I'm not going to reject them. For I, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. This is the will of Him who sent me. You're like, well, what is the will of the Father? Here it is. I'm glad you asked. Jesus says that I should lose nothing of all that He has given me. But here's the guarantee. I will raise it up on the last day. All that the Father has given me, every single one with authentic faith, I will raise up on that day. Guaranteed. For this is the will of my Father, Jesus says. Everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him will have eternal life. And I will, everybody say will, will, guaranteed. I will raise Him up. I will raise her up on the last day. So I, I don't know where your hope is at, but in our salvation that we are guaranteed what God started. Do you believe that? Philippians 1.6 He who began a good work, Paul says, what is he going to do? He's going to leave it up to us to try to finish it off. Is that what he says? God who started a good work is hoping that you're not going to screw it up by the end. Is that what he says? If you, if you know Philippians 1.6 and I, and I hope after today you do. He who began a good work in you will will ever say will will complete it right up to that day right up to the point of death he's completing the work that he starts in you and the guarantee that he will not lose one of them the language of salvation is so awesome i i love the vocabulary that we have of the great salvation that we've been given i don't, I don't know if you think about this often you should what are you doing tomorrow you're thinking about your salvation great. That is an awesome plan. All right, Set your alarm. This is what you're doing. right? Blessing the Lord. Thinking about what He has done in Christ. This is, this is what Scripture says. You are a new creation. He's given you a new birth. He's given you a new heart. 
There is resurrection guaranteed. There is redemption. You've been purchased. You've been bought, forgiven, completely cleansed. All of those things are one and done. Once He does it, there ain't no going back. He has completed it in the very end in His mind already. It's already finished. In God's mind, history is over. It's already complete. All right, just let that sink in for a second. The God of all sovereign grace, the one that's in control of everything, he is not wondering what the next year or century or millennia looks like. The story is done. It's complete. Everything that you have inherited, your salvation is done. And I, I just want us to think about this. There is also a reality. That it's all of Him. And the call still is for you and I, if you're a follower of Jesus, persevere to the very end. Keep going. Do not quit. Do not give up hope. Run the race. Finish the race that you started. You believe that God always does His part. You believe that He's calling you to do yours. That together, we are able to storm through any kind of trial with confidence, with hope, we are able to charge forward, not having to know all the answers, not having to control and manipulate all the details, with hope, even if it doesn't get better, even if it doesn't seem like there's light at the end of the tunnel. When is it going to get? We don't. But hope is yours. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be His name. And as the worship team comes, I want us to prepare our hearts. We don't want to just talk about blessing the Lord. We don't want to just Consider that we should bless the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our mind. But one thing we want to do as we wrap up here is we're going to do this. We're going to sing a song. Some of you hopefully know it. Sing a song together called 10,000 Reasons. It's called Bless the Lord or Bless the Lord, O My Soul. And we're able to sing it together, but it doesn't stay here. Okay? Can we make a commitment to each other? I don't just bless the Lord when we're gathered together. I don't just bless the Lord on Sunday morning. Every single day is a day that you and I are called. I have so much to bless His holy name for. He has given me so much. He has offered me so much. I want to grab hold of it and I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you all the days of my life. And so let's stand together, pray, and let's sing sing and with hearts that believe that we would sing the words of this song father thank you that today is a day that you are still on the throne you are still faithful and good father you still rule and reign over all things and we just want to acknowledge that for some of us we feel the the weight of trial of burden of disappointment and we feel it every day now, for some of us, we are in a season that doesn't feel like a season. It feels like our entire life. It feels like the new normal. It feels like the way that it's always going to be, that it's heavy and it's hard and it's confusing and it's overwhelming. And we're filled with anxiety. We're filled with depression. We're filled with so many doubts and fears. God, I pray today that we could be a church that chooses to hope in the dark that chooses to sing and praise, that chooses to bless Your name every day. That every morning we would wake up 
and we would have our mind locked on your promises to us, your purposes for us, all the things that you have guaranteed that we would believe it afresh and anew every single day. So God, as we sing, may you be glorified. And as we leave here, may we know that we have hope, hope that is endless, that never disappoints. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.